salute when you see me That jealousy shit is an ocean and you either float or you sink Moment of truth, credit check, nigga, you not approved BB King, I'm in love with the blues Don't start me up, I got finishing moves, look Welcome, welcome, welcome I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast It's your boy Jalen And... We had, a very, we had a very exciting weekend when it comes to the NFL. The NBA season starts tonight, so we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm going to give my five storylines that I'm going to be following throughout the season. I'm also going to give my awards uh, predictions. And, uh, yeah, man, there's a lot that went on in sports. But let's start with the biggest game of the weekend. So the biggest game of the weekend was, in my opinion, the Chiefs playing the Saints. A lot of people, including myself now, kind of think that this is a Super Bowl prediction. You have Drew Brees coming back from his rib injury and, you know, the defense looking pretty good, even though they're coming off a losing uh, a game after they lost to Jalen Hurts. And of course, the Chiefs, they're 12 and one. Like it, it was a game that we were excited to see and it lived up to it. Like the 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 Chiefs won 32-29, but. You know, you saw – here's why I say I lived up to it. This game wasn't the best game in any stretched imagination. Drew Brees did not look good at all in the first half. And you can tell that he was still had Russ coming back from his injury. Not even 100%, but, you know, you can tell he wasn't 100%. And then you had – the their defense was playing incredible the entire game. You had uh, – Patrick Mahomes throwing, you know, having great plays, but he had to escape a couple times. It, it was just a, it was just a good game. And one, one takeaway that there's two takeaways actually that I got from that game. One takeaway was the Chiefs aren't. You kind of, you've kind of seen this throughout the year, but the Chiefs aren't unbeatable. You know, we see the Chiefs and we see their record. And we see, you know, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, Harmon, Robinson, Watkins. Like they have so much talent, but they're not they're not unbeatable. You know, the defense was able their def their offensive line isn't the greatest, and the Saints defense really gave Patrick Mahomes trouble. You know, they they had disguises. They were able to get to the quarterback a couple times, and you outside. I mean, there was. There was no, there's no real answer for Travis Kelsey, but outside of Travis Kelsey, you know, you can kind of try to jam Tyreek Hill at the line, jam the wide receivers at the line. This team's not unbeatable, not to mention their defense gave up some huge plays to the Saints. And honestly, if it wasn't the Saints, the Saints should have won this game. You know, they had a, they had a touchdown, pretty, a touchdown laid out for them. There was a fumble in the end zone, and instead of just falling in the end zone with it, you fell on top of the ball and go out of bounds. Like, the Saints should have won this game. And the second takeaway I got from it was these are the two, and in my opinion, these are the two best teams in the entire league. The Saints the Saints were not playing their best and still looked incredible. The, the, the Chiefs weren't playing their best and still looked incredible. So, you know, I... I'm I'm excited. I don't know if that's going to be a Super Bowl preview. If you look at the landscape of the NFC, unless somebody like maybe Green Bay or 
maybe the Seahawks, maybe if they are able to upset the Saints. I don't, I, but I don't really see it. I don't see how. But then again, I, this happens every year. Uh, I, this happens every year. So I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know. And in the AFC, especially what we saw from the Steelers last night, which we'll talk about. I don't. I don't see anybody in the AFC beating this the or, or yeah beating the 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 Chiefs. So this could be a Super Bowl preview. Um. And if it is, I won't be. I wouldn't be mad. You know, I, I would like to. Say, I, I think that both teams are incredible, and I think that both teams have what it takes to beat each other. Clearly, the Chiefs just beat the Saints, but you know, I, I think that the Saints can definitely beat the beat the beat the Chiefs, and they didn't even play their best game, and they only lost by three. So, but let's let's talk about the game of like. <laughs> let me. Let's talk about the Jets. First of all, not a lot of people are talking about how the Rams lost to the Jets. Now, don't get me wrong. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about the Jets, but let's let's not forget that the Rams were on the losing side of the Jets. The Jets, by the way, who are trying to lose. So, do you understand how bad you have to be to lose to a team that's trying to lose? Like. Jesus, I understand it's any given Sunday, but this is the Jets, bro. The Jets did not want to win that game until they did. And Jared Goff, you just got to chalk it up to everybody. How great, you know, it doesn't matter how great Aaron Donald was. It doesn't matter how great uh, Jalen Ramsey was. It doesn't matter how great, you know, Jared Goff can be. They all were trash, and they all lost. So, hey. But let's talk about the Jets. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Totally forgot to do the the, the, the TV thing. Um, the Jets do not know. Here's the thing. I never, I'm never one to promote losing, right? I'm one of those people that you step on the, you step on the field, you step on the court, your best you you try to win that's what you want to do you know you want to win you don't you don't play to lose you know what i mean but when you're the jets and your main object first of all you're 0 and 11 or 0 and 12 one and two your your main focus at this point because there's no there's no reason to win because you don't get in fact winning at this point is more harmful to you than losing Winning to you, what your main goal, after we clearly see that you want to lose, your main goal is to lose to try to get Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is one of those quarterbacks coming out of Clemson that many people think is transcendent. I don't think he's been, I think he's the highest scouted player since Andrew Luck. Uh, this is This is who you want. So... You try your hardest to lose. I mean, you can tell you tried hard to lose because we remember just a week ago when you had the dumbest play in football history against the Ra- the Raiders. So we know that you're trying to lose. And the fact that you don't even do that correctly is is crazy to me. So what happens now? You win. 
you're one in 13 or, or something like that. And <laughs> you don't have the number one overall pick. So honestly, while you did win and you do have a one on the win column in the season, to me, <laughs> you had the worst win in of the year. Because the one thing that you've been trying to do, right? The one thing that you've been trying to do, the one thing that you've been blatantly going out of your way to do, you failed at doing it because you won. Like, you've been going out of your way to try to lose, to try to get Trevor Lawrence because you believe Trevor Lawrence is a transition, uh, transcendent player, which he, which he probably is. But then yet, you lose. You and, and here's the thing. I understand that players players don't go out there and try to lose. I get that. I understand as a player, you try your hardest to win all the time. Because a lot of those players understand that they're probably not going to be there next year. You know, Frank Gore is not going to be there. But a lot of those players will will probably get cut because they were on it. And they the last thing that they don't want on their resume, that they were on a team that went winless. So I get as a player, you don't want to lose this game. But I also understand the GM standpoint as in, you know, what happens is they're going to start altering playing time. They're going to start calling plays that they know is not successful. They're going to start calling defenses that they know, i.e. what happened in the Raiders. I mean, yeah, Raiders game. They're going to start calling defenses that they know is going to get torched for a touchdown. That's how the, the coaches and GMs and stuff do it. So, where do you go from here? You know, you're not you're you don't have the number one overall pick. I don't see the Jaguars losing or beating anybody. <laughs> and so what do you do? You have the number two overall pick. What happens? Um, if I were the Jets, unless you believe unless you're as high on Justin Fields that you are on Trevor Lawrence, which you're clearly not because you you've been trying to lose. I say you trade the pick because there's a lot of like the Patriots, like the Lions, probably like, um, I don't know. There's teams that definitely can go for a quarterback and definitely believe that Justin Fields could be that person. Hell, like I said, look at the Patriots. The Patriots, which we'll talk about in a little bit. They don't know if Cam Newton's going to be their quarterback next year. They don't even know if they want Cam Newton to be their quarterback. And they definitely don't know if Justin or, I mean, if Jared Stidham is going to be their quarterback. So they can definitely use a quarterback. So I say you trade the pick, get a, a, a boatloaded first overall or a boatload of draft picks and go from there. Because you have, and here's the thing, I'm one of those people that I'm not as down on Sam Darnold as a lot of people are. I think that the organization fails Sam Darnold when it comes to player development. I think that they failed Sam Darnold when it comes to putting talent around him. I think that they failed Sam Darnold when it comes to protecting him, especially on the offensive line. I think they failed Sam Darnold as to, I don't know if I said this, but putting talent around him. I don't know if they, I, I think that they failed Sam Darnold. And I know that because I see games where, there's flashes of greatness in him. Hell, we just saw yesterday. 
they had no business to win that game, especially against a good defense that is the Rams, but they did. So I think, all right, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. You you ruined that sweepstakes. You fumbled that bag. So what? So try to now, one, get the entire coaching staff out of here. Get a new coach, a coach that can develop Darnold, that can, you know, get get draft picks, like uh, an entire offensive line, get some wide receivers. I know, hell, see if you can somehow get the wide, one of those two wide receivers from Bama, maybe a wide receiver from Clemson. Like, it's time to start building that offense around Sam Darnold instead of just building an, just building a team. So... I think, you know, I don't I don't think it's time to really give up on let me say this. Now that you can't get Trevor Lawrence, I you know, now it's <laughs> you go for you go for he now now okay. Justin Fields, I don't think I don't think Justin Fields is as good at especially at least coming out as uh Sam Darnold would be. So you trade the pick and then you start building around them because I think that they, I think they have a decent GM. Now the coaching staff is god awful, but you have a decent GM, so I think the decent, the GM can definitely make some moves that can at least get help for Sam Darnold. Now you haven't done it, so now you have to do it. But you know, I think that again, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence, so uh, it's time to it's time to move on from that <laughs> and. And I think you're not getting much better if you get Justin Fields. Even though I like Justin Fields, but I don't think Justin Fields is that much better than Sam Darnold, especially coming out. So I think you get Sam Darnold offensive line, you get him some uh, pieces, trade the number two overall pick for a whole bunch of draft picks, and then you you should be good from there. But let's talk about some other games, shall we? Let's talk about the game last night, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Are now 11 and three. They lose to the three and 10 now Cincinnati Bengals. This was the Cincinnati Bengals first home win against Pittsburgh since 2013. And this is why I said before, I think last episode, maybe that this is probably the most flawed the most flawed um the most flawed 11 and 0 team at the time or the most yeah most flawed 11 and 0 team that they were now they're on a three game losing streak um you see what i'm starting to see from the steelers and big ben is you remember you know what you know what it is i'll, I'll draw a comparison to this you remember how we always talk about Drew Brees at the end of the year or how we've been talking for the last few years, how we talked about Drew Brees is he looks like he just looks cooked. You know what I mean? He looks like he can't he can't throw downfield. He he he's missing open receivers. Uh, that's what Big Ben is looking like. Big Ben last night looked God awful, man. He he missed. He was he he should have had at least five interceptions. Now I know they had three turnovers over altogether, but it should have been five. Uh, one, actually two, went right right through the defender's hands. 
when you have Claypool, when you have Juju Smith-Schuster, when you have Washington, when you have Johnson, when you have Eric Ebron, even though he did get injured and was out the game, you have to do more than that. Now, I understand you don't have a running game, even though Snell did did it, had a decent game yesterday. I understand that the running game hasn't been there, but they're telling you, they're you know the 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 Steelers have told you the entire year what their limitations are, seeing as though they don't really throw the ball downfield, even with incredible talents like a Juju and like a Claypool, they don't really throw the ball downfield because I don't think Ben Big Ben is able to do that. It's just this team, the team that I'm seeing now, even especially the team last night, this team to me cannot. I don't see them going deep in the playoffs. Now, do they can they win a game? Of course. I think their defense is still good, even though their defense has, has been riddled with injuries. I think their defense is still decent, but I just I just don't I, it's hard for me to 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 watch the last three games. It's hard for me to see what I saw against um Washington and what I see against the the two and ten at the time, Bengals, two ten and one Bengals, and look at them and say, you know what? This team can win the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. They were looking again. Their 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 record did not really resemble what was the truth. The truth was they had the weakest schedule in the NFL, and they were just bulldozing trash teams. And while yes, they did beat the Ravens twice. One of those times they should have won. It was just Lamar Jackson himself had four turnovers. And the second time, Lamar Jackson was out with COVID and half the team was out with COVID. And, of course, you know, that was the what was supposed to be Thanksgiving game. This, 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 this Patriots team has so many flaws. I mean, this uh, Steelers team has so many flaws. You have, again, their running game is not good. They they still even though they they did real, they did better last night they still lead the league and drop passes from wide receiver standpoint hell Washington I think they had a stat I think it's Deontay Washington has more drops himself than like three teams um, and I don't see I don't see at their best I don't see them beating a Chiefs I don't see them beating a Bills um, I I think is is we have to wait and see, but they play the Colts next week. I think that's going to be huge. I just don't, I don't know if they can beat the Titans like this, though, at least the, the way that they're playing right now, they're not beating the Titans. They're not beating the Colts. So I just, this, you know, this team, man, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, a t- this team has a lot of work to do. I don't know. And I don't know if they have enough time to do it. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I think Big Ben is pretty much cooked at this point. Not saying he's not good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that he, I don't think his arm is able to get them to a Super Bowl. And like I said before, I think they lead on him entirely too much, and that is going to come back and bite them, which I think it is because if he does not play good, the team does not play good. And now that their defense is riddled with injuries, I don't, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know, man. I do not know. And then honestly, the, these two, these next two games is huge for them because you play the Colts, and if you lose to the Colts, you're probably playing for a divisional title against the freaking Browns. If the Browns win on Sunday, so I, you know, it's 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 a tough it's tough sledding. But uh, 
we can go to the game on Thursday, I believe. It was the Chargers and, and Raiders. Look here, man. Justin Herbert is the truth. I'm an Oregon fan, right? I just, but I, I can't lie and say I thought I saw this coming out of Justin Herbert when I was watching him at Oregon. I mean, he has, Thursday was the seventh game that he has 300, he had 300 or more passing yards, which is a rookie record. To me, he's running away with the offensive rookie of the year. Like, I, I can't really see it going to anybody else, man. And there's a lot of teams right now that are looking like, damn, we really should have. He just, honestly, he looks like the complete package. The t- yeah, there's games when he looks like a rookie because he's still a rookie. But there's a lot of a lot of the, a lot of times when he looks like one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. On Thursday, on Thursday against the Raiders, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm not saying he is. Don't hear me say that. What I'm saying is Justin Herbert just has it, man. Justin Herbert is incredible, and for the Raiders, hey. <laughs> You're in the playoff hunt. I mean, I, I guess you're still in the playoff hunt at 7-7, seven and seven, but I don't see the Ravens losing too much. I don't see the Dolphins losing too much. I don't see the, the Colts losing too much. So I think it's over with for y'all. But, yeah, man, Justin Herbert is is the truth. Um, the, the, the Bills destroyed the Broncos. I mean, the Bills, these this bill, these the, – the Bills, the eleven and three Bills, look like a real eleven and three team. I know that the the Steelers are eleven and three, and the Bills eleven and three, and both of them look completely different and look like they're going in complete opposite directions. So, shouts out to the Bills. The Panthers lost to the Packers twenty four to sixteen. I mean, at this point, I think it might be. I know you have to stick with Teddy Bridgewater, seeing as though. All the quarterbacks that you gave up, you know, or or the quarterbacks that you let go, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater just hasn't looked like the right per- like he just he hasn't looked good. When you have players or when you have fans hope clamoring for PJ was it PJ Washington I believe, and he's he just came from the XFL. That's how you know there's a problem. But you know, Colts. Beat the Titans uh, or Texans twenty-seven to twenty. Yet another game where <laughs> Deshaun Watson is driving down and there's a fumble in the red zone that cost him the game. Uh, free Deshaun Watson. Uh, free Deshaun Watson. Um, we talked about the Jets beating the Rams twenty-three to twenty. The Lions lose yet again to the Titans. Dropping them to five and nine. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> Don't be surprised if Matthew Stafford is not the quarterback for the Lions next year. And this is the first time that the Titans won ten plus games since 2008. That's a real. That's a, that's a good team. Der- Derrick Henry is is just just that's a grown man. So. But the next game I want to talk about. I'm 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 struggling over here with the with the TV today. Yeah, <sighs> let's. I have to have we have to have a serious conversation about the Falcons. The Falcons lose to the Buccaneers twenty seven to twenty or twenty seven to thirty one. But the Falcons just 
they just don't – I don't know if they're cursed. I don't know what it is, man. I thought it was the coaching, and it probably a lot of it was the coaching. Don't get me wrong. But they just – they just uh, – you can say, well, you know, Julio didn't play, and Calvin Ridley got hurt, and this, that, and the third. But y'all were up, what, 24 to 3 or something like that? And let the Buccaneers come back – I don't know what it is. I don't know if the Falcons are just... No, I can't say that. Because I was like, maybe it's just Tom Brady. But y'all lost... I don't know how many... Y'all lost to the to the, to the the Cowboys like that. Y'all lost to... um, Y'all lost to some, a couple teams this year. After being up and having like a 90% probability chance to win. In the game, y'all lose. So, I, I don't know what it is with the Falcons, man. I, I don't know... I don't know if y'all just scared of winning. I don't know what it is. But this team, this team just doesn't do a lot of things right. Todd Gurley missed some key blocks. Uh, Matt Ryan missed some key throws. It's just, uh, and this team on paper, and like I said, I know the game's not played on paper, but this team is too talented to be 4-10. and 10. When you have Matt Ryan, who's a former MVP, when you have Todd Gurley, when you have Julio, even though I know he's dealt with injury, but when you have Calvin Ridley, now, yeah, their defense is horrible, but offensively, they shouldn't be 4-10. and 10. It's, it's, just, it's just crazy to me. And this is one of those wins on the Bucs side that you shouldn't be proud of. You were down to the, to the Falcons 24-3, I believe. Like, it and y'all, you were playing. They were playing god awful the entire first half. It's kind of like the, the when I look at the Bucks, I look at the Bucks kind of how I'm how I'm looking at the Steelers right now. I don't think I think you can definitely make the playoffs. I mean, you're nine and five, you can make the playoffs, but I don't see them beating. I don't see them going deep in the playoffs because I don't see them beating a Green Bay, even though they did beat them in regular season. I don't see them beating a Green Bay in the playoffs. I can see them beating the Seahawks, but I can also see the Seahawks beating them. I I think if Washington makes it, I think Washington will give them a good fight, especially with their front uh, seven. I don't see, I definitely don't see them beating the Saints. So it's just the Bucks. The Bucks. It's just I don't know, man. That really wasn't a. That was a bad loss and a good and a bad win. That's that's one of them times. It was a bad win because y'all didn't look good for the Bucks, even though you know AB did get his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. And the Falcons, you were up again by more than twenty, and you lose. It just, it just, you know. Uh, the Jaguars got destroyed by the Ravens. Um, this is the Ravens' third straight win. Uh, oh no, third yeah, third straight win. So they, they won what forty to fourteen. Lamar Jackson looked incredible again. Uh, but next game we want to talk about is the Patriots' loss to the Dolphins, twenty-two to twelve. Uh, the Patriots missed the playoffs first time since two thousand eight. I've I've talked at nauseum how I don't think that. Cam Newton is the majority of the problem in the in New England. But I will say this. While I don't think he's majority problem, I don't think I've expressed enough or I don't think I ex- expressed well that he is part of the problem. You he's still not the most accurate. Now, I know he hasn't been the most accurate quarterback in his entire career, but he's still not the most accurate. And 
a Bill Belichick offense, you have to be accurate, especially, you know, seeing the pieces that he has around him. Now, that doesn't him not being accurate doesn't justify the lack of pieces, but he still needs to be a little accurate. His decision making still, you know, he he's still a step slow on that. And I don't know if it's because of COVID, but he, how he's playing before COVID to how he's playing now is drastically different. So I don't, I don't know if, you know, I'm not saying he still has COVID, but I don't know what that did to the body or the mindset or whatever. But he's he has not played well at all since that uh, since COVID. So, but I will say this: I'm not saying that Bill Belichick's a bad quarterback. I mean, bad coach. I'm not saying that at all because it's not true. And, of course, getting the team that he has to a 6-8 and eight record is, is that in and of itself incredible. But here's what I will say. Yes, it's incredible that you have gotten the team that is on the field, the lack of talent on the team. Yes, you have gotten them to 6-8. and eight. But you have to take ownership in the fact that he has made majority of the decisions to have a team, to have that team on the field. He's the reason why those wide receivers are there. He's the reason why those running backs are there. He's the reason why those defensive players are there. Now, yes, I understand that they got hit hard with players opting out. And there's a lot of Pro Bowl caliber players that opted out. I get that. I also understand that Stephon Gilmore has been out uh, a lot of the season, and he got injured on Sunday. I get that. But as much as we want to praise Bill Belichick for getting to six wins with this talent, we also have to look and think, well, how did the talent get on the team or the lack of talent get on the team? And that was a direct decision by him. He's he's the main reason why these players are on the team. So why, how much we want to... Praise Bill Belichick for, you know, working with what he's working with. We also have to understand he's the reason why he's working with that. He's the reason why, you know, they haven't had a good, they haven't had a Pro Bowl wide receiver since, I think, Randy Moss. Like, it's it's it's, it's bad, you know what I'm saying? So, I, 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 don't, I don't think, I honestly don't know or think Cam Newton will be there next year. So I don't know where he'll go. I don't think Jared Stidham's the answer. Like I said earlier, watch them try to trade to get to at least close to the number two pick to get a quarterback. But I, this this season has been a failure. You know what I mean? A lot of people want to put it on Cam Newton, and I don't think it's majority. I do think Cam Newton plays a part in it, but I don't think it's majority Cam Newton's fault. I'll give the, the the blame pie. I think Cam Newton deserves probably 30% of this blame pie. You can divvy out the rest, but 30% of it is probably Cam. But, again, we have to look. As much as we want to praise Bill Belichick for getting the sixth win with the lack of talent on this team, we also have to look at Bill and say, yo, you're the, main, you're the reason why this team, you're the reason why the players are on this team. So, you know. Uh, moving forward, the Bears beat the Vikings thirty-three to twenty-seven. Uh, the Vikings are horrible. They're, that's a, what thirty points in three straight games with the with the Bears, but the Bears still. I mean, you're still seven and seven. So the Bears are god awful. The the Vikings are god awful. 
even I mean Kirk Cousins has shown that he is not the one to get get it done. I mean you had you had Stephon Diggs who wanted to leave. You had um or you have Adam Thielen, Jefferson who is another person that could arguably be offensive rookie of the year, but they don't really give that to wide receivers. Um Yeah, the Vikings suck, bro. <laughs> the Browns beat the uh the Browns beat the Giants 20 to 6. Um, this is the first time since 2007 that the, the Browns have 10 plus wins and the Browns look good. You know, Baker Mayfield doesn't hurt them and you know, it is what it is. So the Seahawks beat the Washington team, um, 20 to 15. The Seahawks just haven't looked good, man. I don't know what, I don't, their defense hasn't looked good, even though their defense looked good yesterday, but you also have to, or look good on Sunday, but you also have to realize Adam, I mean, Alex Smith hasn't been playing. Dwayne Haskins hasn't improved at all this entire season. So, you know, and I, you know, yeah. Um, next game I want to talk about, actually, is, is I just don't want to talk about the game, but I want to talk about the week that the Eagles have had. So, of course, we know Jalen Hurts comes off of um, probably the, you know, the first start of his career against the Saints, beats the Saints. And then, you know, you hear reports, reports swirling that Carson Wentz wants out. Uh, he has no plans on being a backup, and he wants out of the Eagles. Then you hear reports saying that's not true, but then you hear reports saying no way it is true. Here's the thing. I would understand if, you're playing well enough to be a starting quarterback. And I don't know, you get injured or something, and then they come and try to replace you. I get that. And then you come back, and it's like, wait, whoa, hold on, I'm good. But you have not played good enough to let alone, you have not played good enough to not even be a quarterback in the NFL this year. And, you, I, again, you... Carson Wentz, if he wants to leave, leave. The problem is, it's just hard for them to trade him with that contract because nobody really wants that contract. But Carson Wentz has no room. Again, I understand if you have put, you have been great this entire year and then say, you know what, I want to be, I don't want to be a, you know, I, I, I feel I deserve to be a starting quarterback. But you played, he's played like arguably the worst starting quarter, in fact, the worst quarterback in the entire league. So you have no room to talk. And on the Jalen Hurts side, Jalen Hurts played incredible again on Sunday. I understand they lost 33 to 26, but he played incredible. Him and Kyler Murray were going at it, man. You know, Kyler Murray had a couple of incredible plays with his legs and throwing the ball to D Hop, which, oh my goodness, you know, again, that's just another week. Watching D Hop, it's I can't I cannot for the life of me understand why you'll trade that man for like a fifth round pick and Dennis Johnson or David Johnson. I don't understand it, but yeah, man. Look, if if Carson Wentz wants to leave and you can find someone to take that take that contract, go right ahead, bro. Like, not to mention another report came out stating that he was upset and felt hurt that the team drafted a quarter back in the second round again that 
the, them drafting a quarterback shouldn't have you think, oh, man, you, you shouldn't go from, okay, I'm going to be one of the best to a freaking, like, one of the worst quarterbacks ever. Like, if you're that hurt, that's the, that's the way of the business, bro. Look, get Carson Wentz out of there if he wants to be, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, try to find a trade suitor. But at least I, I'm not going to, you know, at least right now, Jalen Hurst looks like he can possibly be a franchise quarterback. I'm not going to say he is because he's only played, what, eight eight quarters of football. But from what I've seen, he looks poised. He doesn't look like sacks. Like He, he looks like if he gets sacked or he mess ups, it's just next play, next play. He looks good, man. He looks really good. And, you know. The, he just he he look he kind of plays and looks like he's built for Philly, and and you know, hey, it is what it is, man. Uh, moving forward, 49ers lost to the Cowboys, forty-one to thirty-three. Um, I think that the Washington football team has to win one more game, uh, just to be in the playoffs, or the cow and the cowboy or the Cowboys have to win out. So if Washington wins one more game, they're in. If they lose both or the next two games and Cowboys win both their next two games, they they're the Cowboys are in. If the Cowboys lose, they're out. So yeah, the NFC is horrible. Um, NFC is god awful. <laughs> is there anything else I want to talk about before uh, my football? Um, nah, let's move on to NBA. So the NBA is back tonight. I'm excited, man. We all know I'm a big NBA fan. Uh, but with the NBA, you know, there's there's always storylines. Like, what's going to happen with James Harden? That's a huge storyline that's, uh, that's going to be on the airwaves until something changes. Or, you know, how is, how is Kyrie going to deal with the media? You know what I'm saying? There's always, there's always headlines to the, to the season. These are my five headlines. I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, these are my five. Okay, these are the headlines that I am excited to see. Now, these aren't aren't in any order, but I'm excited to see. Uh, number five, and then again, I understand I'm go like number five through one, but there's there's no order. But the fifth fifth one fifth storyline or one storyline I'm going to really pay attention to was was the bubble of fluke for Miami. You know, we saw. A lot of teams, and especially a lot of young players, really benefit from the bubble and really benefit from the AAU-type style, from the no fans, it's just you and the ball, and not trying to play in front of a crowd and stuff like that. Now, I understand that there are some teams that aren't going to play, you know, with a crowd due to COVID and everything, but I'm excited to see how Miami looks. I'm excited to see was the emergence of Tyler Hero just uh, just because of the bubble, was the emergence of Duncan Robinson just because of the bubble. Is Bam Adebayo going to make that step yet again? You know, uh, is can Jimmy Butler lead them back to the promised land that is the NBA Finals? I'm excited to see was the bubble more of a fluke or a regularity for the Miami Heat. Another... Another storyline I'm looking for is how is Westbrook going to pair with Bradley Beal? Of course, we know what happened with uh, the Heat. I mean, with the Houston and and Westbrook. But I'm excited to see 
you know, a lot of reports are coming out saying Westbrook doesn't like the way that he has been portrayed as a teammate. So I want to see, is is that going to change? Is Westbrook going to be, you know, is he going to finally concede and understand that he's not the most important piece in that, you know, in the, in this, on the, in this table. And how is he going to fare with Bradley Bill? We've seen Bradley Bill play alongside John Wall and how that's looked. Now I want to see how he's going to look playing alongside Russell Westbrook and vice versa. The next one, uh, what will a limited off season do to the bubble team, to teams in the bubble? You know, again, I understand there are teams like Golden State, teams like the Bulls uh, that didn't, or teams like Atlanta that didn't go in the bubble. And I want to know how teams like Denver, teams like the Lakers, teams like Miami, teams like the Bucks, teams that went deep in the bubble. I want to, or deep in the playoffs in the bubble. I want to see how a limited off season does for them. Now I understand that uh, the women's side of the, of the team, you know, women's basketball, they, they, you know, they usually go from one season to like a lot of them go overseas, maybe a week or two after the season ends, but it shouts out to them. But I, I want to see how, what this does physically on their body and their mental, mental, uh, mental health, I guess, you know what I mean? So I, I'm excited to see, you know, those teams and how they adjust to such, you know, the shortest off season in NBA history. So number two, I mean, another one is I'm excited to see what Steph looks like solo. You know, we've seen Steph, we've, Steph has two MVPs, you know, he's been to the final, has three championships, but I want, I'm excited to see what he looks like without another Hall of Fame level offensive weapon around him. Like, you know, he we've seen what he looks like with with Katie. We've seen what he looks like with Clay. But with Katie gone, with Clay hurt, I want to see how he can, you know, what he looks like. I want to see if he's able to lead that team that has some pretty good pieces, but lead that team to at least a, a playoff a playoff berth or at least a high playoff team. Maybe third or four I don't know I just want to see where he can do and I, I'm excited to see him go off night after night hell we've seen the last what two preseason games he was in he scored like 29 each game so I'm excited to see and also my last storyline I'm excited to see is I want to know how Kyrie and Katie work two people now they did look really good in their last game or last preseason game against the Celtics but I want to see, you know, how they coincide during the game, you know, during when games really count. I understand people say, you know, who's going to take the last shot. Honestly, I don't think that matters, but I do think that role, you know, defined roles are very important. So I want to know who who is the leader, who is this and the third. I know Kyrie said there doesn't have to be a leader. It can be a leader one night or I can be later one night and he can be. I don't I don't I don't know if that works so much. So I just. I'm excited to see how they coincide together. So, um, moving forward, every year I give my uh, award predictions. Now, of course, these are my predictions, just like those were my storylines that I'm excited to see. So these these predictions could be wrong, but you know. And I'll start with the I'll start with the coach of the year. What I saw out of Phoenix in that bubble and the you know acquiring Chris Paul 
and I think Phoenix has enough to at least make the playoffs. I think that Monty Williams should be the coach of the year. I was one that was saying that he should be the bubble coach of the year, and I think that if he if if Phoenix looks as good this season that they did in the bubble, I don't know how you can't give the coach of the year to Monty Williams. I understand you have Frank Vogel and the Lakers. I understand you'll have the Clippers and Ty Lue, but I think working using or seeing what you have as far as a team, I don't know how you can't give it to my. Or let me say this: I'll give it to Monty Williams. So. Defensive player of the year. I think Anthony Davis had an argument, had as much an argument as anyone to win the defensive player last year. And now I understand it went to Giannis, and rightfully so. Giannis was incredible. I think he, you know, 50% of the time he was guarding a defender or he was guarding an offensive player they didn't score, um, which is incredible. But I think that Anthony Davis is going to have that chip on it, that defensive chip on his shoulder. Not to mention he's still one of the better or best rim protectors in the league. So I think after giving it or after, you know, coming second last year to Giannis, I think this year Anthony Davis will win the uh, defensive player of the year, especially seeing as though, you know, he already got the championship out the way. I think now he's really going to focus on trying to not only to, uh, uh, to, you know, going back to back, but I do think that he re- winning that championship or winning that defensive play of the year will be important to him. So a comeback play of the year, that to me, from what I've seen in the play or preseason, I don't see how you can't give that to John Wall. If John Wall looks in the regular season how he's looked in the preseason, I understand you know, KD might be able to have something to say about that, but the amount of time John Wall has not played since, or you know, has not played a regular season game since December 2018. And if he comes back looking how he's looked in his off season, or how he's looked in the 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 preseason, I don't see how you don't give that to John Wall. So because of that, I think he's going to come back play of the year. Uh, sixth man of the year. I have Dennis Smith or Dennis Schroeder. I don't know. This really depends on how the Lakers use him. If they use him as a point guard, I mean, if they use him as a starting point guard, then of course he can't be the sixth man. But I I think Dennis Schroeder will will fare better as the point guard coming off the bench for the Lakers. And because of that, I think him play. I think he had a he had a really good chance of winning last year, and now you put him on the team with not only the reigning defensive player of the year, I mean reigning six man of the year, but with LeBron James, and I think that LeBron James just brings the better best out of everyone. So because of that, I have Dennis Schroeder winning six man of the year, uh, rookie of the year. I have Lamelo Ball. I think that LaMelo Ball probably is the best rookie that is in this class. I know you have Anthony Edwards who went number one. I think he'll have something to say. Uh, James Wiseman, I think he'll be really important for Golden State. But I do believe that the best rookie and the rookie that probably has the most um, eyes on him is uh, LaMelo Ball. And I think his passing ability and his ability he's not a he's not a good shooter don't get me wrong but his ability to 
get the best out of his teammates. I think he has the best shot of winning a, you know, I think, you know what it is? I think his his presence is a lot more needed than any other rookie, except for maybe James Wiseman. I think Anthony Edwards, while he's important, you know, and you know, you still have Carl Anthony Towns, you still have D'Angelo Russell. I do think, like I said, James Wiseman is very important for Golden State, but the focus is still going to be on Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, Kelly Oubre, uh, Anthony, Anthony, Andrew Wiggins. Obi Toppin, I don't think they're going to win enough games for him to to even even be considered. So after that, I think LaMelo Ball is the most important rookie for his team. And I think that his team's success outside of Gordon Hayward is solely based on how he plays. And because of that, that's why I have LaMelo Ball winning rookie of the year. Uh, comeback player, I mean, yeah, no, most improved player, I am kind of looking at See, this was tough. I, I, I kind of want to say, you know, maybe Karis LeVert, maybe uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, but they weren't that they weren't that bad last year. So I, I really don't know. I, I guess I'll go with Spencer Dinwiddie because I don't really have, I don't know. So. An MVP. Now, I know a lot of people are saying that Luka is going to win the MVP. I can see why you feel that way. But to me, the MVP is based on narratives more than stats. You know, I understand that, you know, James Harden got an MVP for the crazy year he had. You know, even though maybe LeBron James was the better player Russell Westbrook that year he had a triple double he won the MVP even though James Harden had similar numbers even though it wasn't triple double and his team got further and had a better record you know what I'm saying of course we can go back the year Derrick Rose won the MVP you can make an argument that LeBron James or Dwight Howard should have won it that year uh, one of those years, LeBron James won. You can make Armin saying D Wade should have won. So, I think that the MVP is more narrative based than anything, and because of that, I think that I look at you know they gave the MVP to Russell Westbrook after exploding, have after having that explosive year after KD left. So I don't understand. Let me say this. I think that Steph Curry, this is the best chance, even though he has one too. This is the best chance he can win if, if the team he he just goes crazy and the team is in at least the top f- four or five in playoff contention. Because while you have good, while you have good pieces. You don't really have too many offensive pieces, except for maybe Kelly Oubre, but he's he's more con- inconsistent when it comes to offense. So really, it's Steph Curry or bust when it comes to offense on Golden State. And I think because of that, and I, I think he's good enough to at least get Golden State to a top five seed in the West, that's why I think Steph Curry is going to win the MVP. Now, I could be wrong. It could be Luka. It could be LeBron. It could be anybody, but... 
And I think I know I also could see them looking at stuff like, well, we only gave you two back to back. I don't think you deserve another one. But I think if you're able to get the Golden State War Golden State Warriors to a top four or five seed and Steph averages maybe twenty five to thirty a game, yes, I believe he deserves the MVP. So, um what else, man? What else? Pay players got paid. Hold up. Players got paid, bro. It, it, it man. Players got paid. Rudy Gobert got paid. Uh, Kyle Kuzma got paid. Got it like max extensions. And let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me be factually correct. Let me be factually correct. Rudy Gobert gets a five-year, two hundred and five million dollar extension from the Jazz. Uh, I think that's crazy giving Rudy Gobert that much money. However, it is the Jazz, and he is very important to the Jazz organization. Um, outside of Donovan Mitchell, he's this, he's this Jazz second best player, and they definitely need. If, if Rudy Gobert was not on the Jazz, the Jazz wouldn't be good. So I think it's just it's kind of like the Draymond Green effect. Rudy Gobert to me, he's still one of the best, uh, if not the best, rim protector in the league. And his value to the Utah Jazz is immense. So I understand that. Then you got Kyle Kuzma getting a three-year, $40 million extension with a player option in 2023-2024. I think... I know a lot of people say, but why aren't they trying to trade him? I don't know what they're trying to do, but I do know that that's still a, a pretty tradable contract. Um, you know, I, <laughs> the, the, you can still trade that trade that contract. Like, it's not that hard to trade it. So, um, yeah, man. But let's see. Let's see. Luke Kennard signs a four-year, $64 million contract extension with the Clippers. I... I don't, I don't know, I I don't know with that one. No, uh, shouts out to Markel Fultz getting a three-year, fifty million dollar extension with the Orlando Magic. We remember how bad he looked. I mean, first he's number one overall pick from PG, so shouts out to you, my guy. But we remember the it just didn't it didn't it didn't work in 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 Philly. So I'm glad that he was able to get a second chance in Orlando, and he's made the best of it. So shouts out to him. Jonathan Isaac gets an 80-year, uh, four-year extension with Orlando as well. Shouts out to him. I do know that he's very important for Orlando. Uh, OG Adenobi, he gets a four-year, $72 million extension. He's extremely important for uh, the Raptors. We remember the game winner he hit in the bubble. So, shouts out to him. Derek White gets a four-year, $73 million extension from San Antonio. It's all, you know, all these players are quite important to their teams. So I, I understand, you know, why, why they, they get what they, you know, the, they got what they got. So for their teams, at least. So shouts out to them. Um, and the, the next biggest news is, or the last biggest news I want to talk about in NFL, I mean, NBA is the Clippers are under investigation from or for the signing of Paul George. I mean, no, for of the signing. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> Whew. The Clippers are under investigation uh, and they're looking to see how they were able to acquire Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and if there I know there was a voicemail that that was released of Jerry, Jerry West trying to meet with 
some guy that they're you know that was connected with Kawhi Leonard, and pretty much what it's looking like is there might ha- if there's evidence I don't know I'm not saying there is I don't know, but they're start they're seeing if there was some illegal uh, illegal promises that were made to not only Kawhi Leonard but his family in order to bring him, or there was some illegal dealings that helped Kawhi Leonard get there. So. You know, I definitely think that will that will be really big to see, and yeah, I don't I I don't know what's gonna happen with that, but you know that's that's the that's the last news so of the NBA, and I, I you know I, that's huge if it comes back that they actually did some illegal stuff. So moving forward, the college football playoffs they they were determined on Saturday. You had or Sunday, I believe. You had number one Alabama, number two Clemson after destroying Notre Dame in the ACC championship. You have number three was Ohio State and number four was Notre Dame. I know they did just get destroyed again by Clemson, but that's still their one loss. And Clemson is still the number two team. Now we knew pretty much the four that was going to make it, even though Ohio State has has only played six games, they look dominant. And well, no, let me say this: they won all six of their games. And we understand, you know, that the college football committee understands they couldn't live without without putting Ohio State, especially with Justin Fields being on the team, especially with a lot of people a lot of people having them as the champion in the preseason. So uh, we understand that. Bama, I mean, there's no way in heaven or hell Bama couldn't make it. There's no way Clemson going to make it. Even though Clemson does has one loss, that's the loss that Trevor Lawrence didn't play due to COVID. We understand, we understand Ohio State does have six wins, but it's Ohio State, and that's that's a you know a big market team. And Notre Dame, even though they did lose, they lost to a team that's in the top four. The team, you know, the biggest thing is Texas A&M. They feel they got snubbed. Because I think they went ten and one, and Cincinnati got snubbed because they had an undefeated season. Now Cincinnati kind of has the same argument that UCF and Coastal Carolina had a couple years back, as in, you know, we met the criteria, but we just weren't selected. Here's the thing: we all know, even though it's not, I don't believe it's fair, but it is what it is. The college football playoffs is not going to put a non-power five conference or a non-Power 5 team in the playoffs. They understand that. I think, I like what um, somebody, I don't remember who it was, so I'm sorry if I can't credit you. But I don't understand why the college football playoffs, or college football doesn't just have like a Power 5 conference, uh, you know, playoffs, and then have like a non-Power 5 conference. Because if that's the case, you know, you'll see teams like Coastal Carolina, you'll see teams like UCF, you'll see teams like Cincinnati, you'll see teams like, um, I don't know, Memphis or something, make the playoffs. Instead of, you know, this, we get the, instead of hearing year after year how they got snubbed for Obama, which even, and here's the thing. I know we'll never know because they're not going to play, but I don't think even undefeated. I don't think since he's even close to be good enough to be Bama or Alabama or um, Clemson, maybe Ohio State. Definitely, I don't. I don't know about Notre Dame either, but I do think that 
to make it. I know you can say extend the playoffs, which I do think is going to get extended in the next few years. But even still, you extend it, and then you'll put a team like Texas A&M in Florida or something. And then there's always going to be a team that's upset. So, like I said, I understand it's not going to be like one through sixteen, which I think is brilliant. But of course, that just makes too much sense. I think that you should have like a Final Four. Uh, in the college football with a power five conference and a non, you know, a non power five conference uh, final four championship type situation. So there's that. But talk looking at the teams, I don't see how there's not going to be an Alabama Clemson championship. Trevor Lawrence in that defense looks incredible. And that offense, Travis T. Ian for the Clemson, he, that, that, that I don't see Ohio State stopping that. Now, I know Ohio State has looked good, but Ohio State hasn't played not only the amount of games that Clemson has, but the, the quality of player, people that Clemson has played. So I don't see Ohio State being Clemson. In Alabama, I mean, you have the wide receiver Smith. You have Najee Harris. You, you have, like, that team is – they're not the greatest on defense. Like, that's – you know, I know that Alabama's calling card has always been a really good defensive team and a so-so offensive team, but th- this year it's completely flipped. Well, the last few years it's completely flipped. Now they have their incredible offense, and their defense is a little iffy, but I don't see Notre Dame. Notre Dame couldn't couldn't stop Clemson's offense. And Clemson's offense and Alabama's offense, to me – might be neck and neck, even though Alabama, I know the quarterback for, even though he is pretty good, the quarterback for Alabama is not as good as Trevor Lawrence, but Alabama's wide receivers are, are extremely better than Clemson's wide receivers. So that's, it's, it's going to be a long day for Notre Dame. So because of that, I don't, I don't see how there's not an Alabama and Clemson in the, in the national championship. And if I'm predicting the championship now, to me, Alabama is an incredible offensive team, but their defense has some holes. I think that Clemson, when they're firing on all cylinders, is a complete team. So because of that, I I have Clemson winning the national championship, but I do think that's going to be a very exciting national championship. So there's that. Um, and lastly, before we go, I just want to talk about, you know, Tiger Woods and his son. You know, this is this is what every man that one's kids, that's their dream, is having their their child emulate them. Uh, Trev, you know, from the mannerisms to uh, the way that he golfs to, to fist pumps, it's, it's just good to see. I don't really have much to report on this. I just wanted to end it in this episode on a pretty good note and shouting out Tiger Woods and his son for being the best thing I've seen all weekend. But there you have it. I appreciate you guys, man. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I see a lot of love that the YouTube channel is getting, man. I Please subscribe to that, man, so you can see the my beautiful face. You can see the beautiful set. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, and also, please subscribe to wherever you listen to. It will definitely mean a lot to me. Uh, we have unpopular podcast shirts, even though I'm not wearing the shirt today. We have shirts we have hoodies, whatever color you want, just hit me up. I got you. The shirt is twenty dollars. The hoodie is twenty five. Um, but again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I know this has been a short episode, but it is, is you know, it is. It's been a busy week, or it is a busy week. So, 
But I appreciate you guys again. Love you guys. Please subscribe. And until next time, much love. Uh, check this out. Yeah. Uh, always, always mean what you say. Real nigga till I leave. Elevated, do this rapping shit with ease. I got a brick on my sleeve. You dissing me, please. Comparing me to different MCs. Stop it. I really am the shit, so I won't pop it. Before Twitter was a trending topic. I was on the block with 30 shots and clocks. Had the spot hopping. Stop it. But they acting like they don't remember that. Been a leader with that heater. I got right up into that. You can't never take a killing back. Whole heart was in the streets, I had to leave and get my fucking feelings back Same spot they shot my brother, next day I'm chilling at I ain't lying, they was winning till we started spinning back But anyway, said enough of that, let's talk about this table Let's talk about them Jets, yeah, let's talk about Jamaica Ask about me, I ain't never been a fraud, I went hard from the start In my city, I'm a god, motherfucker If you know, you know, never been no phony though Rollies for my Brody though, barely know Joe Rodeo Heard they looking for me, I'm like, oh, I'm on the way Buying money, no, I'm straight, I spent the 130k out the gate, they like swerve, stay safe. I'm like, man, y'all late. Yelling free me, I'm like, I've been in the crib all day. I'm in Cali thinking how I come from pissy hallways. Long as I never go back, I'm that nigga always. And you know that, been having these M's, but they taught me not to show that. Before that, like a throwback. Soon as this shit go left, I'ma throw back. And I could have bought the rolls last year, but instead I bought a faux flat. That's no bad. Pro Chicago, I'm pro rat. Motivation for the trenches, cause I'm pro black. Real no limits, so we don't play by the rules. How the fuck I catch a case, we bought a school. Don't be fooled, you niggas fools. On the gram reading comments, I'm like, ooh, cool. So they want me to lose. I can't break like I'm bulletproof. And I can't say what I won't say. All I'm gonna say is be for fame, bitch. I've been the truth. And when you put it on my name, gotta send some proof. They like charges to the game. I got feelings too. Shit be difficult. Still visual. Me and JB just been talking about residuals. Checking on my analytics, shit get digital. Yo, just step on my dick, it ain't consensual. Nigga, G Herbo, 2 5 the album coming soon, nigga.